listen to hair on. From hair on, I'm listening to hair on. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the world together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Robertson, alongside my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we're returning to the studio for episode 151. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Yes, sir. We're on the home stretch to 200. Yeah. Man, dude, these things are, it's coming together, man. I'm I'm really proud of how far we've come, man. 151 episodes, consistent, on time, delivering. Yeah, man. Yeah, you know, it's the least that we could do, you know. We we appreciate everybody who listens, who who comes back, you know, our repeat listeners, you know, our our audience has grown substantially since the beginning. So, you know, we try our best to to stay consistent for you guys. Thank you everybody. Appreciate that. Yep, yep, yep. So, have uh, you been getting into anything interesting this week? Yeah, I caught the um I caught the the Loki episode 1. Nice. That shit was dope. So, are do you think that do you want to uh we'll just re- uh review each episode uh as they come out this mm-hmm. time around cuz I know we usually don't do that we usually binge watch but this one you want to keep up with episode by episode? Yeah, that's fine. All right, cool. So yeah, that was good. What else? Um pretty much that was it. I just wa- I watched a little bit of Ink Master. I I caught some okay. episodes and some compilations of that one. There were some fucking bangers, man. Yeah. <clears throat> Unfortunately, what what kind of sucks is like now they're they're making compilations and shit and they'll be like the worst portrait tattoos <laughs> or like the worst cover ups and I'm like damn imagine being in the compilation of the worst anything yeah you know and honestly I love I love body art and anything that puts body art on display I'm usually a huge fan of those shows really started center uh, centering around too much of like the weird personalities the people getting tattooed and then I guess to like rejuvenate like revitalize a new storyline they started focusing on the tattoo artists and i was like i'm not interested in any of that i'm really <laughs> just here for the body art and these guys are and a lot of these people like they express themselves their best through their art you know what i mean like yeah by virtue of being tattoo artists that's the most interesting thing that they do so let's just focus on that but uh yeah no nah. uh i i can imagine the compilation shows are really good like i gotta check out some of those because i remember watching uh, most of those especially ink master like when they came out yeah it's nice to just like you said it just skips all that stuff and pretty much just goes to like whatever the specific challenge that the compilation is focusing on nice and it skipped like all the other stuff in the in the, in the show so that was pretty good yeah i always love like the cartoon artists like that's always like seeing cartoon art come up on people's skin like paper is crazy to me like ugh. and some of them are really really good yeah, I like the um, I, li- I like the one with the tech integration. Some of that mm-hmm. one is fucking crazy. Yeah, that's what's up. So Loki, episode one. So, all right, did how how do you feel about it? That shit was dope, man. Okay. I can't wait to see where it goes. Like, um, I thought uh, uh the chemistry between um. L- uh, uh, Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson was fucking amazing. Man. I mean, come on, they're fucking back <laughs> these and two, forth. These are two awesome. amazing actors. Of course, they're playing off each other well. Did you notice that the the lady uh, who played the uh, the time authority officer who first encountered Loki? That's uh, Ruby from. I did not because I didn't see that show, but I do know what okay. you're talking about. She okay. was in um um Lovecraft Country. Yes, Lovecraft Country. Yes, Ruby from Lovecraft Country, which uh, Carolina also recognized her off the bat too. 
which I thought that was cool. I'm glad she's getting more work. Gotta love yeah, that. You love to see it. You love to see it. Um, I I liked it. Um, so when I was uh when I was watching it, I did feel like Loki. They're really overplaying. Like Loki, you have no power here. Like <laughs> that that they're really really playing that very highly. And what I know of Loki is that Loki's never powerless. You know what I mean? And so I, I just feel like it's only a matter of time until Loki turns the tables on them. And so, and and I mean, but I feel like that's the point, though. You know what I mean? He's so used to being comfortably uh, uh, aided by his magic that you have to break him down as a character. But I mean, he's the he, he's the, the the trickster god. I think that he has plenty of mundane tricks to pull on them, which he did. Well, yeah, he pulled a couple of mundane <laughs> yeah, tricks on them. You know what I mean? Like he don't need magic. He got that's just that's just to aid it. That's just I for mean, the, the flash. <laughs> look, if, if you want to be a trickster and be devious, then absolutely go ahead and do that. But if you want to escape, you're probably going to need more than tricks. Yeah, definitely, especially because, like, and and they did a they they totally depowered the Infinity Stones in this 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 world, this reality that they've that they've created here with the time authority. Apparently like, the infinity stones only work in the reality they're from. Yes. So this is a place in between realities. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which I did actually enjoy the, the, the cartoon depiction of like, all right, every time someone like branches off in time, that shit goes out of bonkers, you know, like a thousand branches, which is exactly what you would, would be the fear. Pretty much what would happen. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm glad they addressed that. And that they've tried to make this uh, singular timeline, but also um, it did. It does mean that this is a deterministic reality, which kind of sucks because that means that nothing happens matters. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like ultimately, it is all predetermined. And the fact that the that events happen and the time authority doesn't address them just means that that was going to happen. You know what I mean? Well, that, that seems to be the theme of the um. That's th- the theme of this entire story and where it's leading. Because mm-hmm. you know it's going into multiverse of madness. So mm-hmm. what what that leads to me to believe what that leads me to believe is that what theory that you just said is about to fall apart. They're taking yeah. that very idea and they're about to turn it on its head. Yeah, that's why they're going through. So, yeah, yeah, that's why they're going through so much trouble to let you know that hey, it's set in stone by these three dudes. We're establishing <laughs> that. We're establishing that in your head now, so that when we. Tw- th- um, bust a twist later you're not like surprised why do all of the devices they use seem to be like extremely sadistic <laughs> all of the little devices that they have like the one thing that they used on the buddy when he was like i don't got a ticket they're like word <laughs> like dematerializes that's like damn nigga that was extreme you ain't gonna look to see how he got there i mean to be fair like they don't need you in your timeline anyway you no clearly yeah. if you're there it's clearly either, done something wrong. Yeah, it, it's either they like, all right, do a slap on the wrist and put you back in your timeline, or you cease to exist. So if he wasn't just, about to stop being a fuck up, by all means. Or maybe that's what they were meant to do. It's like, oh, yeah, no, no, you're not here to go to court. You're here to get dematerialized. Bye. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, so like, they're like, are you worth not dematerialized? Are you worth resetting? Which I thought that was real interesting, the way that they... Uh, they kind of disseminated the, their responses to time anomalies, where... They can either A, try to reset your timeline, B, remove you from the timeline and 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 uh, just t- kind of pluck you from that reality or B, collapse that whole reality in on itself. And I'm like, ooh, <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a lot of fucked up. There's, there's some some pretty hefty choices to happen here, dude. But yeah, that, that would, all of their their uh, 
decisions have very heavy consequences, to say the least. Man, you're protecting the sacred timeline, son. Yeah. It's got to be. Man. The consequences and, are in line with the mission. And so, yeah, um, I, I, I enjoyed it. I just, the levity was, I think they did it a little bit over the top with um, the kind of depowering of Loki. I think after the initial, uh, <laughs> we realized he had very little agency in this whole matter after after his initial um, uh, altercation with the time, time variance authority. But yeah, other than that, um, some of the exposition, um, I'm trying to see where the whole exposition between... Um, What's his name? Is this, did they say his uh, Owen Wilson's name? Mobius. Yeah, yeah uh, between Mobius and and Loki, where he's trying to convince him of who he is, and and he's trying to like break him down, and then he shows him how his bad decisions caused his mother to get killed and all stuff. I didn't understand what. I don't think he was trying to convince him. He was he's investigating the other variant, so he's trying to get to see how this variant thinks. So that he can get more clues and to help him with his uh, investigation. Okay, that makes sense because I didn't. I I, I was, I I was kind of thrown away, uh, thrown aside because I think that at this point they they would recognize that the variants can can vary very widely in personality. So I guess yes, probing this Loki could uh, be revelatory into how that Loki thinks. But I mean, it's, it plays shit. in with the with the same premise of the show. You know what I mean? If he's going to get mm-hmm. his help trying to track down the other variant, makes it sense that he's trying to pick his brain a little bit, try to help him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess because, boy, I, I'm they're going to have a hell of a time trying to track down Loki if if he's aware of what's happening and has the jump on them. Like they they lucked out in that Most Loki was likely unaware the of variant Loki's a she, by the way. Oh, that that's gonna be awesome too. Most that's likely. gonna be cool. Yeah, and and I, I see people keep on addressing it online. It's like, yo, that's just the that that is the the mythology of Loki. Like, I don't understand why that is problematic to people, but yeah, I'm glad that they're in, including it. It makes it makes perfect sense. Um, and so yeah, that the the variant of Loki that is aware of the time authority and that they're pursuing him, that is a very dangerous Loki to be to be mm-hmm. had. Um, and if it's anything that's like that's why the, he needs help, son. He's, oh yeah, he's he's he's, he's, oh, yeah. he's completely stumped. And if it's anything he's like just the, murdering the Minutemen by the minute, yeah. And if it's <clears> anything like the Loki and uh, the female Loki in the comic books, she's going after Doctor Strange. She's about to catch his ass, get him roped up, and so yeah, I could see how this ends up um, connecting into uh, multiverse of madness. Yeah, it has to. Yeah. So yeah, I, the, the setups are all there. I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of stuff going on in this episode that I wasn't sure exactly how it fit directly into the um, overarching story, but hopefully that'll all be revealed in the coming episode. So I'm definitely looking forward to episode two. Yeah, that shit is that shit is dope, man. I'm I'm excited to see where he goes in the different variants. Yeah. Oh, I wonder. I wonder if they're gonna like encounter a few other variants other than just the one that's the main, the main villain that they're chasing. Definitely. That's gonna be fun. That's like that's the whole thing. You know what I mean? Tom Tom Hiddleston gets the gets the strut of stuff as an actor. Oh man, that's gonna be amazing because I know he's gonna kill all of them. Like all the all the different <laughs> different versions of Loki are gonna be substantially uh, like Loki. And and this is where I think it's going to be real interesting is because he has the continuity in himself to know what like the core Loki is. 
And then he gets to branch it off into all of the different types of personalities that there could be of Loki, depending on the scenarios that he's in. I think it's going to be cool. I definitely am looking forward definitely. to it. They made some nice groundwork. They laid yeah. some nice groundwork. And, you know, Marvel has a really good uh, track record for for um, portraying kind of alternative uh, uh, plot devices like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's definitely... A I mean, plot device that's that you the have whole to know how to new work. bag is phase five, man. It's all it's all celestial and and cosmic and mystical this is, and shit. This is definitely like like a thousand times higher than street level. They, they definitely took it to the to the cosmos with this one. It's moving. Yeah, we're talking about the very fabric of existence right now. Yeah, man, it, it's so funny. Like I was like trying to see because you know there was a couple of things that it, you know as I said some of the the uh, exposition I thought was a little bit drawn out. But um, I was like, yeah, let me see if there's anyone else who had any critical ideas about this. And it was like, nah. No, most of the complaints were pretty much just like weirdo nerd shit that <laughs> I genuinely try to, to, to stay Which away is from. inescapable. Yeah, it's like, like, yes, okay, I do believe that there was a, a, a kind of a, the depowering of Loki might have been taken a little bit far, but... Like the people who had problems with the fact that he that she was it was a female time cop that was uh that that uh had put him into bondage. I was like, what? Like, <laughs> that's a cr- I didn't even re- that didn't like, even register a as a thing to I me. Like that, I was like, wait, what? Wait, that's women what cop don't exist in your world. Is that Bro. A thing? <laughs> it was, it was clearly, this is someone who obviously does not interface with police frequently. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, of course, there's women hilarious. time cops. There's, there's women regular cops. Like. It's clearly like that has nothing to do with the exposition here, you know? And, but yeah. And so I guess, oh, the Loki fanboys, there are some Loki fanboys who, who really have a problem with like the fact that Loki is, is being forced into to this position and that there just a lot of theory crafting that he's masterminding something and he's working with the other Loki. And I'm like, nah, B. This bro, this timeline Loki just got got, bro. He, he, he literally just got, just got here, and as soon as he showed up, the nigga got slapped in cups, bro. What are you talking about right now? <laughs> and I and the whole the whole thing where um Owen Wilson was going back and he was talking about uh Loki in one of his past heists, and he was in a plane and he was stealing something. That shit seems kind of extraneous. It it touched on a a, a personality that. I don't think anybody in the uh, in the audience probably was aware of prior to this. Oh, a lot of people know who DB Cooper is. Mm-hmm. He's a, mm-hmm. definitely a pretty popular cult figure, man. No, no, you're not. When you're not, I don't know if you're going to sell me on that one. That DB Cooper is popular among kids. I'm not saying among kids, but oh, okay. kids are the only ones watching most, the show. Yes, but they're they're <laughs> the they're the target for these shows, like. You right, but you don't put it, you don't put a, information in there just for them, right? You want them I, to I watch it with it. their parents. But that so wasn't even like a cool reference for adults. I mean, it, it, it was. You don't think it was a cool reference, but I did see a lot of people that fuck with it. You feel me? And no, also, I, I thought it I was didn't see anyone cool who fucked too. with it. And I was looking. I mean, I literally, I um both um <laughs> both emergency awesome was talking about it, and he mentioned oh, but that he's he liked a fan. Oh, geez. So okay, so he does account. All right, for sure. I'm not looking for. I'm I'm looking for people who are generally critical of it. I said I was looking for critical opinions. That is not a, he does not give critical opinions of anything that he watches, which is fine. That's not what he's trying to do. I'm not saying he is. But yes, he's he's going to fanboy out on anything that they do. I get that. I get you. Don't <laughs> fuck with the DB Cooper. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, I thought because there's also way cooler heists that, that they could have put him in that could have been like, oh, wow, that was Loki. 
that was Loki in that in this in in this figure of history. And I was like, all right, DB Cooper, gotcha. You know, I mean, you, know you win some, you lose some. That's how it goes sometimes. But um, yeah, I thought that it was. I I was really happy at the end when he actually got the drop on them though, because I was like, man. Loki got to have something up his sleeve, bro, because I can't I, I've, I've just never seen Loki completely like plotless. Like, I don't I don't see how like he's always like always so quick to think of something. You know what I mean? When he landed in. Um, that in was Ragnarok, the whole thing, though. Even in this one, it's a, this is a uh, this is a situation completely unknown to him because he mm-hmm. did have ideas. Remember, he was like, oh, this is just an illusion. Oh, blah, it's blah, blah, it's not really real. This is the other. You know what I mean? None Until he grabbed the um, uh, uh, Tesseract and tried to use it and that's looked in the drawer and mm-hmm. saw that fucking everything in there. That's when he became docile. That's true. You know what I mean? Like everything, he was resistant to everything all the way up until the point, especially when he saw the video of his mom dying. Yeah, that's and especially that's what what turned him up. So that is the, like there's several times throughout you know the Marvel, all of the Marvel movies that you see uh, Loki react emotionally towards his mother. You feel I feel like that's genuine, right? Yeah, because definitely. it's really hard sometimes with Loki because he's really good at tricking Thor. Like there's times when he's when he's like leveling with Thor, and I'm like. Wow, the brotherhood. But he has a reason to trick Thor, you know what I mean? She's always been the one person that never gave him shit. She didn't yell at him like Odin. Mm -hmm. She didn't have to compete with her like Thor. And so, you know, she was always the port in in a storm. Yeah. And so that that always is a turning point. You always see that Loki generally becomes very resolved when, whenever... uh, situation with this and i did like that how they use the they i like how they um developed his character in the same way mm-hmm. and with the same catalyst but in like two completely different ways you know what i mean the how how it happened in i don't remember which movie his mom died in and then he became like a, more what of a that, good um, guy than dark, a bad guy uh i think thor. it was dark world yeah thor dark too world. Like he, that's when his his character growth went from straight villain to sort of like anti-hero. Yeah, and then way more ambiguous. In this one, it was the same thing because we retrogress back to the old Loki before that mm-hmm. character development. He still experienced the character development from the same realization, which is that oh shit, my mom died because of some shit that I did. And but I also like that they also rushed the development by him finishing his reel and seeing that oh yes. his great purpose was to die at Thanos' hand. That's Man. that's the shit that got him where he was that's, just like, yo, my future's just to just get yoked up by this dude and just unceremoniously so, okay. murk. So which Loki was that though? Because the Loki that that we're seeing was the Loki that dipped out in Back uh, in Infinity War. At the end of Avengers One, I believe, in, when they in, first captured him. Like yes. when he did when they the the whole thing with the invasion in New York, it's right mm-hmm. after that. It's pretty much that same so then what day. It, so then what what Loki is there to get choked out by Thanos? That's the one that um he went through all of that, and then remember after they captured him in that movie, they sent him back home, and then he was imprisoned by Odin and shit, and he reconnected with the family, and then eventually all the stuff happened with the elves, and he bonded with Thor a little bit, and then his the death of his mother made him grow up. But he was still, and yeah, and remember they fought together in um, in um, what is it? Uh, the because the... I'm saying yeah, because usually when you travel through time, you split, you split off to a t- separate time stream. But then where, what happens if you physically go through to that time? Because he physically stepped through the portal with the tesseract. Yeah, so that timeline is split off, and that's okay, broken. So now there's another world where. Yeah. 
So that's yeah. one of the variants that he so created. So there's a world where he no longer exists Most, in that yep. one, and then there's a world where he does exist. So if they yeah. were to, so if they were to deem him on, uh, remember she said either reset yeah. or get rid of. I imagine if reset, they would be like, all right, we're gonna erase all your memories and put you back into that world where you were missing from. Yeah. So you can continue the path as you're supposed to, or we're just gonna be like, yeah, we're just gonna erase you from that universe and you don't matter anymore. Okay, so this is technically happening. So even though time is actually already exposited, it's already happened, it's predetermined, this, what we're watching in Loki is happening directly after Endgame, way before. Not Endgame, way before Endgame. I mean, well, yeah, when did, uh, this is uh, Ant-Man and Wasp? No, when no did first start? Avengers, like, we hadn't even seen Thanos yet. Uh, but Well, back then, Thanos was just sitting on the chair, hovering in That's space. That's right. So this is Avengers one, one. Mm-hmm. this is avengers so, one yeah, loki. loki takes place directly after avengers one way before infinity war mm-hmm. got it okay the stuff he sees in infinity war that's a you know that's his flash forward that this is your life damn so this is all going to affect when they put loki back into the time stream i assume if they put it in, we yeah. all know it's not going to wrap up neatly like yeah. that it's definitely not going to wrap he up neatly like that he helped kill the bad loki and then as you a reward he's going to find some opportunity somewhere and it, he's going to do something that he thinks is a great idea that's going to fuck shit up way worse I than he intended i have a feeling that he's he's one of the stipulations for him to go back to his timeline is for him to get his memory wiped but well, he's going to put a memory of he's going to put an image of that memory somewhere for him to find and then he's going to remind himself, and then it's going to still happen, and he's still going to become the evil Loki. It's probably going to be all the same shit again. I mean, that depends, though. You know, it looks like they're trying to give him some character development, so mm. he might not go back to the straight evil route. But that is, you could go, like, all the way evil, because right now he's sort of... Yeah, and and even when... And, and I would never really hit Loki as the all the way, all the way evil, but that's nah, always because I'm gullible as fuck. Yeah, you know, and... And and he's really good at making people think he's just not that bad, <laughs> but um, but yeah, Loki definitely had a transition towards more ambiguously, just not always on the side of everyone good. Yeah, he's just self-serving, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, exactly. I found him to be self-serving more than outright evil. But yeah, definitely, I can't wait to see how how they develop him. And yeah, then, Owen Wilson is fucking killing it. Yeah, Owen Wilson's character, and I don't know much about Mobius as a character, as a Marvel character at Me all. Me either. So um, I'll be happy to hopefully get a, a a comic book education on that soon. You know, because the internet is, loves grabbing these characters and then doing rundowns <laughs> for them. So yeah, definitely uh, going to look out for that. But uh, man, to see the development of Loki over the next couple episodes throughout not just the main Loki, but the other Lokis that are going to be introduced... I'm excited. Yes. All right. But yeah, we can move on from that. Yeah. You know, honestly, I didn't find a whole lot very interesting this week. <laughs> it's been a bunch of shit going on. Most of it very, very passable, in my opinion. <laughs> but um, I did see uh, the Summer Game Fest. So we have E3 coming up next week. So we'll be nice. talking about that for sure. But Summer Game Fest, I guess, is a smaller digital event that uh, I think Jeff Keighley runs. And uh, yeah. Jeff Keighley. Yeah. Hey, man, when he was like, I'm no more E3, he's like, that doesn't mean I ain't doing shit, though. <laughs> um, and everyone thought it was just going to be indie developer shit, which would have been fine um, in and of itself because E3 is more reserved for, for the AAA developers. But uh, it had some really good uh, reveals. The next Tales game, which is uh, the JRPG series Tales, uh, nice. 
Tales of. The next one, Tales of Arise, looks fucking amazing. Definitely looking forward to that. Um, it's coming out in September 10th, I want to say. That's pretty good. Yeah, dude. It's pretty good. That yeah, one's going to be fire. Um, they had a new Metal Slug Tactics game. That sounds fucking which interesting. Which looks fun, man. I, I'm a fan of Advance Wars. I'm not sure if you've ever played that. No, I haven't. It's a 3DS title, but uh, if you could ever find a port or a ROM, it's very well worth playing. Um, if you're a Front Mission fan, also front has mission is Front dope. Mission vibes. Yeah. So um, there's a Metal Slug Tactics game that was uh, shown. And dude, they really like... I was very surprised. They closed it with an Elden Ring reveal, which <laughs> it had a reveal, it had a release date reveal and gameplay reveal, which was like, what? That's pretty In dope. a small ass game show like this, which makes me think like, what What are they saving for E3? This, this, I'm, this definitely makes the hype for E3, I think, a little bit more. Because if this <laughs> is what they're showing at the, if these are the games they're showing at a small little hour and a half conference, two hour conference, digital conference, shit. They must be having some some bangers to roll out yeah, in E3. They got to. This is the first uh, uh, E3 since PS5's launch. Yeah, they oh got to come with some bangers. Yeah, dude. Just kind of show off what the system can do. Oh, man, I'm really hoping ho- uh, to get a PS5 hopefully by Christmas time. Which that's wild. Like usually the the uh, the systems are are more at least like a, a year after are more readily available. But PS5s are still scarce as ever. So hopefully um, Sony does something about, I don't know, either adjusting scalping, which I doubt, or increasing production maybe to get them out there on the uh, into the market. But, you know, I doubt it. How long do you think it. before we get a new model of uh, PS5? Probably six months after. I think June of next year. That's, that's, that sounds pretty good, actually. Yeah, I think June of next year is probably reasonable. Um, well, I wouldn't say reasonable, but. For for uh, a system that was gone through so much development, but you, you'd expect them to to wait a little bit longer for a, a system like version. But you know, I mean, they do yeah, it. I think it might be like two years on average before they drop like another version of their system. Like each of their system mm-hmm. has at least like three mini versions. No, at least mm-hmm. two. At least one other one. Like there's like and these ones launch with two PS versions Slim. now. I don't mean like that. I mean like you know, like how the PlayStation and the PlayStation Slim, and then mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Uh, all the changes to the 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 big PS3, and then the flatter one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, um, because usually what you think is is like they'd release the PS5, and then later down the line they would release the the discless model, right? Like I mean, that's what that in older generations that would have been the presumption because more people like to use discs. You know, it's not the the online distribution wasn't as robust as it is today. Um, but now they're releasing two models at once, even though you're right. They're not performance difference models. They're just kind of like, you know, quality of life model differences. Yeah. Um, and even within those, then they have the hard drive differences. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would expect them to to put a, to, to have a longer lifespan since they're giving so much variety on the front end. But it doesn't seem the case. I don't think so. I think, I think their their the lifespans of their system have been pretty set. Yeah, the uh between uh two uh PS three PS four and then what was that Xbox One and Xbox Series X. I just met a, a PlayStation. I know they usually drop. I think it's like, is it every five years that they put out a new system or something like that? It's something around every five to seven years they drop yeah. a new system. 
Something like that. Like it's, clockwork. It's like they don't even without fail. I don't. They're. I don't know what their race is, but they're just like. Well, I guess because technology and especially that type of technology evolves so fast. Or do you? And I think it's also <clears throat> competition with PC markets. That too. Absolutely. PC I didn't even think about that. Evolves but yeah. way faster. Yeah, and they're not locked into the specs of the. And just actually, thing. and it could just be technology markets. You know what I mean? Like, you know, nowadays, because when you think about it, in the nineties. Technology was was rolling out like you get new t- technologies every like three four years something would change pretty drastically now every eighteen months yeah you know what I mean so yeah it's there maybe they're just by the time you make your with, system like three years later the software is outdated they that's definitely something you see them competing with at least on the PS five development cycle is that they're developing technologies that are very powerful. And they're trying to be forward thinking. So they're developing with technologies that might be cutting edge today yeah. with the expectation that when they actually release it, it's going to be more um, probably accessible, like yeah. uh, monetarily effective. Keep pace with the rising technology of four years from the future or four years from now when it's being made. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. That must be a nightmare as a game developer. Dude, as a game developer, <laughs> and, and it's something that I, I can imagine uh your your average game developer would like really appreciate if there was just uh kind of a an industry standard you know what i mean that in an architecture that all of the hardware had to be able to support so that they can develop and design you know longer you know development cycles without worrying about well shit is this even going to be able to be played on this anymore yeah. cuz that happened to um that's what took uh, Final Fantasy fifteen so long to come out. They switched yeah. engines like three times throughout the course of making that game. And that was mainly because Sony's Sony Sony's like cell uh, cell technology was supposed to be so much farther advanced, <laughs> and they never found a way to leverage that chip architecture to maximize like the speed. It was like such bullshit. And it was like, man, well, you know, as a game designer, you're sitting there developing, you know, your game with you know, the expectation that it can handle the graphical fidelity you're putting into it. And then all of a sudden you find out like, oh yeah, right, no, guys. the graphics center can't handle it at Throw all. Throw that out. All I see Throw you it working out. on. Throw it out and oh. hope it ports to the new shit we got. Damn. So yeah, that'll be interesting to see uh, moving forward, uh, how game developers deal with uh, the, the shifting platforms and the, yeah. and creating games over the, 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 Differing power levels of different um, platforms because a lot of games they wanted they want them to be able to be played on the Switch, Xbox, P- PlayStation, and mobile, yeah. and they want you to have a mobile port. And it's like <laughs> what? Mobile? I guess. But yeah, I mean, and that cross-platform um, connectivity is nice and all, but yeah, as as you said, it's got to be hell on the developers. But yeah, I'm looking forward to next week with the E3 for sure. Yeah, I saw this one game. Have you seen um uh Loopmancer? Loopmancer? Yeah, I just saw a trailer for that game that's coming out. Um uh it's it looks like a it's like a Metroidvania um roguelite where you mm. you play in like I don't know if it's like Neo Tokyo or something, but you got a katana and you're like fighting fighting people and you it's like hack and slashy with like guns as well as katanas and shit like that. And yeah, it looks pretty dope. It's like every time he, you know he keeps dying and coming back, so he's got to figure out he's got to power up through each each playthrough and figure out how to get through to the end and shit. 
So that looked pretty cool, man. Like it, it was like it's the graphics look really, really nice on it. It's just a simple platformer mm. and like side scroller, but they put like a lot of work into the art assets for that, so it looks pretty sweet. Yeah, and honestly, like I'm the whole uh like infinite death loop uh game uh gameplay arc and the side scrolling platform. It it's not even my favorite game style. Like I don't particularly like playing games like that, but that that particular genre lends itself to so much innovation and so much yeah, art. It's crazy that they that you don't even have to like to play the games to enjoy them. Like I love watching them, and I and honestly, I'll jump into one. Like they entice me enough through those two um, main draws, uh, innovation and and art that it, it makes me willing to like fighting games you have a hard time ever getting me to pick up a a, a fighting game unless it's got something sh- extremely innovative and really cool character designs but this the that genre in particular side scrollers the, there's so much work being done in it and i love yeah. it i'm glad i i think it's it, it's a real boon in this in this atmosphere of like really shitty triple a titles you know what i mean or over monetized <laughs> mobile titles like to have something that actually, you know, is an outlet for real game art. Yeah, I fucks with it. The indie studios always find that niche. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, because you could go from Cuphead to Hyper Light Drifter yeah. to, to, to Hades. Hades. I mean, yeah, and that. even Hades is an innovation on the on the um on the genre because that that's uh, more three D top down. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not side scroller, but it's but still, still nonetheless it's all light and it's like it's a very direct successor for sure. Yeah. It's really the 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 first modern like die and comeback game that I played. And that shit was dope, man. It has so much replayability. Like I didn't think it, it's funny like how my evolution um uh, uh, of my en- how my enjoyment evolved throughout the place of the uh, throughout the time playing the game as you acquire new things because mm. when I first got into it I was like oh, I, don't know. I don't know if this is- it's kind of cool like the story and shit and I'm like okay okay this is kind of dope okay and like the more stuff you unlock the more excited you get about playing the game and it just it lo- the game just sort That's of blossoms outward That's yeah really it's good super game nice super nice yep 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 so yeah. Moving on from that, you know, in other entertainment news, oh, you know what? One of uh one of my favorite uh morning shows is is back. Clickbaity political thirst trap. The boys Mondale and Marcus back on the air. Just wanted to give them a shout out because you know they took a little break, but you know honestly, it's like it sucks because there's a lot of alternative black media out there that I would love to like really to 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 highlight but it's just not i don't know what it is about alternative black media it's just very inconsistent like they they they, they sh- they're supposed to show up on tuesdays and thursdays and show up on the thursday and i was like what happened guys you know they, they they had their 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 tech crew read off some stories and stuff for the people who showed up but it was like man you know you guys had a huge break came back for one day and then missed your next next show ah uh, but one of these days, we're going to get good alternative black media out there, and it's going to be consistent. It's going to give the it's going to give the word. But these brothers, whenever they actually do get on the air, they're always spitting realness. Like when they came back, they they definitely uh, were were shedding some light on on the inner workings of what's been going on since in, uh, in the Democratic Party since uh, the election. And 
Boy, it's all bad, man. I don't think that I don't think Democratic Party ever gone really went back to. I think that they they've kind of put the nail in the in the minority vote. I don't think they they gonna work it back. But yeah, I, I I've been enjoying listening to, to to my boys in the morning, keeping me abreast of of all of the the bullshit chicanery going on. Because Lord knows I could I can't can't watch mainstream media anymore. Like that shit is killing me. <laughs> it is the worst, man. Like. I used to try to stomach it a little bit just to hear what they're saying so that I could arm myself to 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 combat the fuckery, but nah, it really ain't worth it anymore. I gotta read that shit, bro. I gotta be able to look at the article and read that shit. I can't I can't listen to none of them niggas tell me shit. Nope. <laughs> none of y'all tell me nothing. Because there's really no there's no integrity in 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 the uh broadcast media anymore. There's zero integrity in broadcast media. You know, and what little bit of journalistic integrity is left is only in in printed media, and so and and they do that on purpose. You know, the noise engine, the the, the mainstream media do that on purpose because you know they don't want to inform you. <laughs> but they also can't create a completely informationless environment, or else what they're doing becomes entirely too obvious. So <laughs> they just they put it in places where they know you're not the going to What's that? They also can't compete with the internet. It's because. I don't think they've really intuitively adopted their business model to really anticipate and 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 really accommodate for the oh, no, I think internet. They've definitely accommodated for the internet. They just because and it's not that they've tried to remove the internet. They just realize like in an in an infinite pool, if you want to hide something, you just keep putting more water into the pool. You know what I mean? So they just keep flooding the info, the internet with like yeah. shitty information and making but it harder and harder. That's still media it. capitulating to the internet standard. Oh, absolutely. You feel yeah, me? that's what I'm saying. If, I do think that they if are. If they would have gotten yeah. ahead of it, if they would have seen the writing on the wall and gotten ahead of it, mm-hmm. this could have all been prevented for show. But, you know, yeah, a lot of people know. don't like changing stuff. Because the internet was always purported to be this this place of freedom, it, it would have been hard to try to control anything on the internet. I think that they took the smart route. Like, Fuck trying to control that shit. I'll just keep I mean, throwing manure into the fucking water. It, but into, you just can, you know, update toxic. your business model. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's all you got to do. You just, unfortunately, they didn't update their business model before the tide shifted. And so after the tide shifted, they had oh, no yeah. choice but to just It was because they had this ideology that, that, in, that the, news, the news in and of itself wasn't valuable. They had they have this idea that um, the news in and of itself was not valuable. Entertainment is valuable. And so you have to transform the news into entertainment, and that's that's not a that's it's that's a business model that will make you money, and it's not a mindful business model. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I also think they they thought that the news is always going to be around. Ain't nobody ain't never going to be no better alternative than the news, and we're the king shit in town, so we don't need to do anything yeah, differently. I don't know. I don't think that they. I think that they're complicit with the the, the complete and utter desire of not having an informed public. They they can't because you have people like look at like Rachel because you it's it's on both sides you have Rachel Maddow who just just completely inundated. I didn't with mean to imply bullshit. through yeah. all that that it, the purpose mm-hmm. of that was to employ the public though that to, I, to I don't inform the public yeah well to that's, inform like, that's the, the point public. of the news like the news you know like real news not entertainment news like what we have today but like I, real news. I understand it's the point of that that's the point the of it yeah. sure but you know that they've been obfuscating mm-hmm. that for a while now yeah you know and <laughs> and so yeah without that you know it's all just entertainment shit but that's why it's so important that we have alternative 
news source and one also that is representative of an alternative to the mainstream ideology of like you know male white male you know patriarchy as they say you know the, the buzzwords as they like to say you know and having black males who are open-minded i think is the the, the correct counterbalance to that but unfortunately we need to we need to find a a a media that is consistent and able to to support itself you know because the unfortunately what we have now i don't think it's consistent enough to keep us informed in a way that will create the kind of consciousness that is supposed to be generated from an informed public you know just by you know informing people of what's happening in their in their uh political structure and so yeah you know i'm glad the boys are back i hope that they can get their technical shits you know worked out so that we can uh enjoy them on the the regular in the morning because they I always enjoy having them inform my um my my political opinions in the morning cuz they are on the ground doing work, you know what I mean, talking to people, really really actually you know, even though I don't believe in the system, they believe in the system and they're there. So, if there's anyone who has an opinion on it that's valid, it I would say it's theirs. But yeah, moving on from that, uh you know, I thought this was real inter- uh, interesting coming out of the uh, entertainment news was that uh, there's a, a show called Kim's Convenience. And it's a it's a very, very, very stereotypical show about, you know, an Asian convenience store owner. And from what I from, it is tactlessly racist. OK, but I thought it was doing so in the way that like, you know. How like at times uh, everybody hates Chris can be a little bit racist in their portrayal of how like how black parents treat their children, but yeah, it's they're, not they're meant in to on be. The joke. It's a joke. It's clearly a joke. Everyone in the show knows it's a joke. Everyone watching the show knows it's a joke. It's hyper. It's hyperbole. I thought that that's what was going on inside this show, but also everybody hates Chris was written by black people, I believe. Um, so there's a little there's a difference there. Evidently on this show, this show is you know, casted with Asian people, but is written by white people. And moreover, throughout the course of, uh, the course of shooting this show, the Asian cast attempted to give feedback to them. And the white writers were like, it's not what we're paying you here for. <laughs> so can you, can you just say what's on the paper type of thing? And I was like, Ugh. now I'm, I'm all for, you know, if you are, part of an ethnic minority and you want to disparage yourself because comedy is the best way of coping with the tragic reality that these things actually happen. I get it. I'm actually with it. I think it's funny. I'm not mad at it. I don't personally like watching. I, I like watching like, you know, like Oliver, you know what I mean? Jamaicans disparaging <laughs> the stupid shit Jamaicans do. I love that because I'm part of that community. I don't, I, I, I definitely support other communities doing it. I don't, indulge in it because i feel like it's kind of racist for me to to indulge in that and so i would i thought that they were just doing their thing they're making something for their community nah man Ugh, i thought that that was real that that's super tactless that's super tactless and and this is like one of those situations where you kind of want to call i'm sure that somebody wanted to say like yo we got five white writers writing really 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 racist asian stuff and I mean, like, it wasn't like it was, like, insinuating stuff or, like, 
you know, they had a, a racist line and that wasn't like, that was just like once in a while type thing. Like the whole undercurrent of this show was how horribly racist these Asian people were. <laughs> and so I just thought that on the face of it, nobody would let a white person do that, right? Like no no group of Asian people would would be casted then see that the writers are white and then let that happen. Like I'm, you know, it's hard. Like, and 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 then when you see it happen, usually it's because maybe the Asian people are okay with it because when you see black people get written into coon roles like Terry Crews and then you see their personal lives, like, oh, it's because he agrees with it. That's why he didn't walk off the set. You know what I mean? So I was surprised to find out that the whole cast of Kim's Convenience, not only were they not cool with it, but they they didn't walk off the set. And I was like, well, guys, you know, you got to have solidarity there. But I guess that's my own um, preconception that Asian people just innately have that kind of solidarity because I mean, not everyone is going to have that solidarity to say, hey, you know what? This definitely. is fucked up what they're doing. That's like, a tale as old as time. You know what I mean? That's why um, uh, John. No, that's why um, John Amos left left good times mm-hmm. because they were doing just that. The It was a team of white writers writing a show for a bunch of black people and they were having his character do things that he did not appreciate. And when he told them. Yeah. <laughs> And when he told them how he felt about it, they were like, ah, I don't think it's okay for him to be on the show anymore. So, but yeah, that's why I'm surprised that it didn't happen earlier. You know what but, I mean? You know, it's, it's, there's a lot of different factors. You know what I mean? I don't, it's not always that black and white for everybody. Mm. It's like a lot of times as an actor, you can take the opportunity to, to make, take a, make a bad show and still leave a mark on that show. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. There's Absolutely. a, there's a lot of great actors in really shitty shows that were able to make their career off of the performance that they had in those shitty shows. True. And the opportunity to get on TV is not something that comes around yeah. very quickly. So if that is really what you want to do and you get that opportunity, a lot of people will, you I know, can, I they understand the fear because you can get blackballed. You know what I mean? Like right. They, yeah. They, it's, it's, if they did that and nobody supported them, then shit, they could have all gotten themselves blackballed. And also if you don't have that, if you don't have a certain amount of power on a show, doing that is guaranteed to get you replaced. There isn't other than the if you're not the main character of the show, if the show isn't named after like you or some shit like that, you can't really <laughs> go to the studio or, or the writers and make requests. Yeah. If they're rough, not open, man. open to because, it like, like that. And, and anyone could watch the show. The show is really like and it, it, it's kind of funny what I saw, but it's like it's really, really racist, like the entire thing. So I don't know, man. It, we got to kind of like. And when I say we, I'm just saying, I, I figured at this point, people should probably be a little bit more mindful of that. You know what I mean? Like, be a little bit sensitive to that idea. Like, okay, you want to make a show. It's a comedy show. It centers around Asians. What kind of Asian comedy are you talking about? Are you talking about just, like, Asians doing funny things? Because that's cool. But if your whole, like, the whole comedy premise of the show is, like, the dad's racist. And he follows the black people around the store. And it's like, um... I don't know, man. That's pretty explicitly racist. <laughs> like, do you have any other jokes? Nah, man. That's the whole premise. The whole episode. Like, we're going to let that one slide? Yeah. All right. What do you mean let it slide? The rest of them are like this, too. <laughs> and and so, yeah, you know, I could definitely see I could definitely see how the, the, the cast could feel very uncomfortable about the uh, depiction uh, that they that they're being asked to give of Asian people. Um, but, yeah, hopefully they get that shit sorted out. 
You know what I mean? I mean, and they also could have complained, and that shit <laughs> could have went nowhere. Well, that well, I think that I think that unfortunately, culturally, they probably complained like jur- they they didn't just go and start yelling at someone. They didn't. They, they nah, probably went up the chain of command. Nowhere. They probably yeah. went up the chain of command. They probably submitted writing suggestions, thinking that people would start to get the hint because they're being mindful of their job, but nothing. And then they probably made comments to, to their direct, you know, their, the casting person or whoever, or, you know, they probably, in, and that's the thing, you know, that's a lot of people don't realize like why it, and, and like black women have been stonewalled for so long that they've learned just turn up sometimes. Don't even wait, just turn up because you're not going to be heard at all until you turn up you know what i mean and and it's it it's something that you learn from being stonewalled every time you come up with a very valid you know uh 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 issue and so one th- i think that what they've just what they were experiencing is what <laughs> what what a lot of african american people would do with on a regular basis with basis which is you're being stonewalled you're being completely stonewalled through all of your very valid and the worst part is, is that you're you're using the channels that they told you you can use to probably get your voice heard, and your voice is not being heard. It's like, ugh, yeah, maybe you guys should have just turned up. Because if you would have turned up off the get go, if all of the actors on that show in unison went to their social media platform and and slandered that show, they absolutely would have they would have done something different. They that that show would have had I mean, to, to do something different. Yeah, but you could also be in breach of contract and then you would get labeled. Then that could also get you blackballed because then you're a person that goes to social media before you talk to the studio and then other people feel like they can't hire you on your pro, on their product. And that that's that's the danger. You know, you you either get yourself put into a position as being called difficult or you get yourself ignored you know and like it's like oh shit like it sucks that they've created like the the studios because of their structure have created this situation now where you know the the actors if you use if they go through the normal channels they get ignored and then they're stuck in this role where now they're hella uncomfortable or if the actor does what's necessary to be heard they're out of line and they probably are in, as you said, breach a contract or something of that nature. It's like, you know, the studios really should create, you know, a better chain of, of communication there because, because of social media, Depends even on the if studio, they want to commit, true. Even if the person's going to commit some kind of, you know, career seppuku, they could fuck up your, just this production. They could definitely fuck up this production. And that's not, you know, and you know, the, they should have other <laughs> avenues than that. You know, either fuck up the production or, you know, stick it out type of thing. doesn't seem like a beneficial because most actors act better, I would assume, when they like their roles. Definitely. That's just my assumption. But you're an actor at the end of the day. It doesn't yeah, you're matter just an how employee. You're like still your just role. an employee. No, I mean that you're supposed to be able to act. It doesn't matter how much you like your role. You're supposed That's to be able too. to kill it as That's an actor. That's true, too. By, by if you're a good actor. You know by nature I mean? of your profession, even if you're unhappy, you should be still doing a good job. Yeah. But yeah, nah. I hope that um whatever happens uh, with them, I think it'll be interesting because it will set a precedent. It will set a, a precedent, especially when it comes to how these studios handle these racially charged uh, shows that they're carrying. I don't, I'm wondering if if it if it results in any kind of legal action, if it's going to cause studios to like kind of shy away from producing those kind of things, because that's usually what happens. Like ah. 
Not putting my toes in that anymore. I've been burned. <laughs> Instead of actually just not doing the racist shit they were doing. <laughs> Based on that, I feel like whoever created that show is probably well connected anyway. Gotta be <laughs> and right. That show was pushed through. Based on based on that description, if it's that bad. <laughs> yeah, moving on from that, had some, geez, it, it, the the political sphere this week was real mixed. So we have one major victory that happened, and right on the back of that, a major defeat that came. So we'll move off into to, into some politics now. Um, so we'll start out with the major victory. So. The Keystone XL pipeline is a major oil pipeline that's being uh, built through the north of uh, through north the northern part of America, I believe, through North and South Dakota, um, coming from Canada, bringing tar sands oil into the states. Now, this this pipeline is going to be very dangerous. These pipelines, at uh, in general, tend to be extremely hazardous to the environment. And there's been an ongoing uh, protest led by the Native Americans, um, some of them uh, known as the water protectors, uh, just doing everything they can to to stop this pipeline from being built. They and 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 this is like the quintessential, un, and, and it's unfortunate, but it's the quintessential uh, way of performing civil disobedience when electoral politics has completely and utterly failed you. The Keystone XL pipeline was not approved by the army Corps of engineers was not, it has been, has been, uh, has been challenged on several portions, uh, of its, of its construction by the States that it's going through. But yet, despite, Everyone using their electoral power to get people in place to stop this from happening. The Keystone XL pipeline was almost forced through. In the face of the the complete and utter uh, ignoring of the people's uh, voice, the water protectors and Native Americans uh, began to to direct massive protests. Uh, civil disobedience measures, chaining themselves to machinery, blocking off uh, roadways, everything that they could do to stop and 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 pretty much uh, delay the construction of the pipeline until something politically could could move to to get it shut down. These are the kind of inside outside game that you have to have to get something done that is an obstruction to a massive capital gain. Like the Keystone XL pipeline was a massive play by capital to, to create resource movement. Unfortunately, that resource movement was literally going to destroy a swath of land that people were living on. We should not be sacrificing that and the, the, the well-being of the entire environment, because not to mention all of the tar sands oil that, that that's going to be uh, dug up just to, to to flow through that that pipeline is going to destroy huge swaths of land in Canada. We can't we can't you know keep allowing these 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 large multinational companies just to to run roughshod over the, uh, our environment 
you know, n- ignoring all of all of the 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 regulations and all of the the restrictions that are put up in front of them. You know, to what end? We can't we, if if people don't mobilize and and do things outside of just the electoral politics, they'll just destroy the very land that we're living in. Bar none. So the fact that they that that the people on the ground were able to successfully delay this project long enough for now their the the federal government to step in and start revoking the the permits that were granted during the Trump era, which this goes way back to Obama. Obama wasn't even willing to 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 wholesale give them uh uh construction permits for all of their uh for all of the spots during, of the pipeline that need to be built. It wasn't until Trump when, of course, if you want to talk about not listening to the will of the people, Trump was doing whatever the fuck he wanted. He was and 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 what's funny is is that he told you from the beginning. He's like, yo, I'm inviting all the businessmen in here. We're gonna talk about what we're doing. They're gonna write the legislation. I'm gonna sign it. And and then people were surprised when he wrote all of that, when he signed all of those pro uh pro big business bills in and all those tax cuts. I was like, he literally said that's what he was gonna do. I mean, everything's for sale. But yeah, and so he opened up a lot of those those permits, and if it wasn't for the people protesting all throughout the Trump administration, they would have they would have gotten very very far uh, through the construction of those sections of the pipeline. So they they managed to to hold it down just long enough to get somebody into to office. Who I don't know, man. I'm just Biden is so bad on so many things right now. I'm just surprised he was on the right side of this. I'm surprised. I think that I think that he had to he he knew he was going to have to piss off somebody and he was like, "All right, I think these Keystone guys th- this is one that I I'd rather be on the right side of history for. You know, it's not worth the 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 loss of of my legacy for for that." Um because he you know, and and honestly, I don't think it's really him. It's his cabinet. I believe Deb Holland, the Native American, the one Native American in office, was responsible for for making this happen. So shout out to her. Big up yourselves. This is why it's important. This is why I think it's so important that we have somebody like Marsha Fudge as um, head of health and um, HUD, health and uh, human um, and urban development. I'm sorry. Uh, it's super important to have someone like her in charge of that because I believe that Marsha Fudge has shown herself thus far in her political career. To, to be an advocate for the better development of our urban areas. And, and the fact that those urban areas are very heavily populated by black and brown people just inherently makes her, her, uh, her goal one that, that helps you know, minority people around this country. And so that's why it's important to have someone like her in charge of that because she has a track record you know what I mean? And she's she comes from that background. She's aware of what's going on there. And and you need to have a certain connection to those places to really understand what needs to be done to 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 benefit them if you're actually interested in benefiting them. You know? And so yeah, that's why and you know, the the cancellation of the Keystone XL building permit permits is another reason why it's important to have Deb Holland where she is. You know what I mean? So I get it. I get it. You know. I understand why why there's there's a a certain draw to identity politics that doesn't mean that we shouldn't critique those people and make sure that those people are actually doing the things that that 
that we want them to do or that we elected them to do. Because on the, on the other side of that coin, we got Kamala Harris going to fucking Guatemala and saying the quiet part out loud. Like, that woman is such a disgrace to me. I can't even begin. Like, she went to Guatemala and had the nerve to tell immigrants in a country that we destabilized as America, as American, American foreign policy destabilized that, that country, had the nerve to tell them that immigrants and asylum seekers are not welcome in this country. The daughter of an immigrant, mind you. Going to Guatemala to tell other immigrants that they aren't welcome in America is the most, it's just, she, I, I, would have, I, I wouldn't have felt so bad if someone like Trump sent uh, Kushner over there and he said some shit like that. I know he believes that stuff. But the fact that she was put there in, in a position based on her identity and then for her to go and say those things, I think is just, it, it, the irony level is too high for me. The irony level is has bridged the uncanny valley. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like the the irony has gotten so heavy. It's she's a caricature of herself when she goes there and says that. Like you cannot, you can't tell me that. And then and then have the nerve to 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 categorize asylum seekers as illegal immigrants as if asylum is not a legitimate form of immigration. It hello, we have a whole system around designating asylum seekers as, as as legal immigrants. Like, what is going on? Like, I don't know, man. The 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 gaslighting that go that she, that she went down there to go do was epic. And she said, and then she had a nerve to say that she was going down to South America to visit countries to help deal with the roots of the violence. Well, 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 let me explain something. A lot of the El Salvadorian, you know, immigrants, asylum seekers, they're fleeing a gang called MS-13. MS-13 is an American gang that was deported back to El Salvador. MS-13 isn't an El Salvadorian problem. It's an American problem that we exported to El Salvador. And she wants to talk about the root causes of the shit that causes asylum seekers, well, you know, you could really start right on your side of the border and deal with a lot of those problems. It's really disingenuous to go to South America and to go to places like Guatemala and Mexico and talk about what you can do on that side of the border to deal with the asylum issues. Well, why don't you deal with a lot of the the, the State Department policies that ravage these countries? How about that? That would that would be a, a stellar place to start. And it's a place that you actually have some control over. But going down there and disparaging those people and telling them that they're not welcome is just a level of irony I'm not interested in entertaining my politics. <laughs> I would prefer that my politics not be that lacking in self-awareness. You know what I mean? It, it you know, and and we we thought that the, the era of Trump was was gonna bring sanity to this to this office but it really doesn't it really hasn't like it, it's still a level of gaslighting that I, I feel bad for the american public man because they're the ones who suffer through this shit they're the ones who have to deal with it they're the ones who pay these people to do it that's the worst part they're paying these motherfuckers to do this shit they're electing and paying these motherfuckers to do this shit like come on man that's just crazy 
Like, at least in Jamaica, they really got to lie to us. They really got to lie to us, man. They yeah. lied to us good. Andrew Holness sounded... He flipped a script, bro. Andrew <laughs> Holness ain't sound nothing like this on the campaign trail. Hey, man, some people are masochists. You know what I mean? They like being abused. Bro, it's fucking appalling. You know... <laughs> I have a feeling that this is actually supposed to be a slight and America just hasn't realized it yet. But um, France sent them a 10-foot replica of, of, sent the United States a 10-foot replica of the, of the Statue of Liberty. And I'm like, it looks like that's a gift, but I have a feeling that that's like a French joke. Like, <laughs> we used to think that you had felt this much about that. Now we feel like you feel this much about that. Let's see how much, let's see what the what size the next Statue of Liberty we send you is. You know what I mean? Because they sure as hell have to see how I mean, ironic it is that mean, America you is the country. Want to send another life size replica of the of the Statue of Liberty? I mean, that I mean, would be baller. That's it, that, yo, you remember when niggas it, used to do shit like that? It's not a pink elephant. You know what I'm saying? Bro, you remember when niggas used to do shit like that? France sent us a or Statue of elephant. Liberty back in the day, yo. Hey man, man that's back when time. niggas really fucked with America. Yeah, piece by piece, you know what I'm saying? Niggas that's how they with fucked America with back in the day. That's how they fucked with. They shipped that shit here piece by piece and then assemble that shit. Nowadays, we're like, uh, we lost the arm, bro. Yo, know, did you see the homeboy who slapped Macron in the face? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> with the five fingers saying in the face, bro. Hey, shout out to Macron for coming back though. Yo, Ma- been okay, hot. Macron did look like he was over. about to cock back. But yo, Secret Service is on it. I'm not about to come back out to greet no people after some random bystander slapped me in the face, bro. Man, it wasn't even like no power slap, man. It wasn't like the slaps you see in them 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 competitions. Doesn't can you imagine if he got caught on one of them? He felt his his whole head off his shoulders. Emboldened enough to put his hands on you in public in in. In sight of your security. Yo, no fucking The man didn't respect you or your security. No, son. I'm not coming back out and talking to y'all. I'm not in a good mood after that. Bro, that shit was hilarious. I want to know what he said, though. I want to know why he slapped him, though. Because there's a lot of things. Like, that's the thing is, is when... I mean, these friends, maybe it was a greeting, you know? Maybe that's how they say hello. That's why he got tackled? What? What? What'd you say that? You feel me? It's an American greeting. You slap people. <laughs> nah, but um, because it because uh, France has two wings, both of which that hate Macron. Their left and their right hate Macron. So he could have been slapping him like you're letting all the immigrants in. Slap like damn nigga. Why I gotta be all that though? I mean, as with with most of these things, anyone who is uh uh has enough balls to slap a head of state in public is probably not thinking straight. Oh yeah, he slapped the head. He of probably state doesn't like have any logical reason He's for doing so. He's gonna go to jail so. for you so feel long, me? bro. It's like I, the dude. I, I, wait, no, European jails aren't like American it's jails different. though. They're not gonna put him in no like federal pound him in the ass prison. <laughs> they don't do that. Hey, there's some dope European jails where you can go home in the afternoon and shit. Well, there's some American jails, too. You just have to have enough money. True. Bro, that shit is crazy, dude. Actually, no. Actually, if the American jails are the reverse. You get to go out during the day, and you just have to spend the night in the jail. Which is wild, right? And the jail's like, the, the bed's not even that bad from what I understand. I'm like, yo, my nigga. Because that's where Paul Manafort was. Damn, dude. Them Trump niggas, they really made out, bro. 
Anybody who was fucking with Trump who was doing some crazy reckless shit, they made out, man. That's what happens, bro. That's what happens when you let somebody slap you in the face and you don't do nothing. They slap you again. Over. Then they get their over. homies to come and slap. Yo, watch this. Slap his <laughs> nigga in the face. He's not even going to do shit. Damn. Democrats yeah. are like, hmm, I don't think they're going to slap us again. Do you think they, would, they wouldn't slap us a second time, would they? Nah, they wouldn't do it. Yo, Democrats are going to have a real fucking fun time, bro. Yo, because I can't imagine what the next election cycle looks like. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I cannot imagine. You got Trump over here saying he's about to be reinstated in August. I'm I'm actually interested to see what happens there. (laughs) I'm really interested. Because these niggas done, they done marched once. And like, I don't know. There's some consequences, but I don't think that they're heavy enough to stop it or get from happening Nah, they do what they always do. You know what I mean? The cannon father did their job. You feel me? The cannon fodder was sacrificed, and everybody from above cannon fodder just sort of walked away like oh, nothing they, happened. Oh, my nigga, they're still, they're still in Congress. You feel me? My nigga, there was a nigga who let them in the building, bro. Yeah. Oh, well, this was this was a different building. What was this it? Wasn't the Operation, Operation, some stupid si- some shit. side store, side door, or some side, shit? Bruh, Operation back door, like. These motherfuckers, that's how little respect they have for the system. This nigga Bro, literally and he was told like, people like, I'm Yo, not telling you that you my, feel the me? number to call is blah, 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 blah. Literally gave them and his I'm phone number, And I'm not telling number, you son. if you text that number that someone's not going to come open the door to you. That's not what I'm saying to you. I'm like, yo, this nigga is wild, bro. So little respect. And they're ta- that's he was 100% right because they're talking about misdemeanors for this dude. Misdemeanors. They're talking about misdemeanors. Okay. You know what I mean? I mean, what, what are you well, literally no one, showing that so they're not is, Yo, my nigga, this is the difference. Like. A black nigga robs a bank, don't matter. You're getting the book thrown at you. White nigga robs a bank, as long as no one got hurt in the act of that, we'll hit him with the misdemeanors, give him a second chance, because, you know, you don't want to too negatively impact his life now, do you? Like, come on, man. man. Yo, these niggas get, get away with fucking murder. Now, the, the, yeah, not, they did. That state house one? The, no, um, not, not the Capitol insurrection. Oh, oh, that was no, a different one. Yeah, because the guy who was doing that shit, I think he was in, I want to say... Minnesota oh, or Wisconsin. No. <laughs> he was in one of those states. It was a, it was a state house, not the not the Capitol building. But um, still, that's still a state house. That's still a felony. You still mm-hmm. should get still fucking a federal building. Yo, my G. Especially At when the those very least little, you should leave lose access to the building. To, You're yo, a fucking my security G. risk. The fact that they're still questioning whether they have to eject you is wild to me. Oh man, you know what I mean? And yo, the shit that goes on in our Congress, bro. Like this nigga actually. Because Louis Goldmer is a fucking clown, bro. That nigga is the worst, man. And the fact that people like him are in our Congress, it's, we got to start voting no confidence, man. When do we start voting no confidence? Like I tried, bro. I've gone, I've gone full, I've gone full swing t- like twice in my life now. I've gone from this shit don't make no sense to you gotta give it a chance to this shit don't make no sense to <laughs> do you gotta give it a chance. And I'm just like, yo, my nigga. Nah, I, at, at this point in my life, I can vote no confidence. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to be that nigga who votes no confidence and then not organize myself and at least some of the people around me to do to to have some kind of effect on my community. That's not the shit that I want to that, that I'm interested. So, you know, I don't want to be like a defeatist. My vote of no confidence is not a vote of defeat. No, sir. No, sir. You know what I mean? Like you got to have an inside outside game. A vote of no confidence is part of the outside game. You got to have some inside game. You got to be bringing some value to something. You know what I mean? And so that's what I that's what I would strive for. Because not enough people are willing to work on this inside game. This inside game, man, it's got to be immaculate. Because you know who's got a real good inside game? 
fucking the finance industry. Their inside game is amazing. They control the levers of fucking power, my nigga. They control the levers of power. They control their inside game would be their control of the lobbying industry and how much influence they have over the law. Their outside game is the public is the public perception of what they do and how much value they bring to society. Their inside outside game is immaculate. Their outside game is multifaceted. Part of their outside game is the is the crazy concept that most pe- poor people think they can be rich people one day. <laughs> that they that most poor people don't understand that there is an entire system to make that as l- unlikely as possible. Not to say it's impossible, that is making it as unlikely as possible, and that they're willing to gamble on that system rather than build something for themselves. That's the that part that part that part. You know what I mean? We like if we could just convince the mass amount of people to see through the outside game of the finance industry, we could get back control of the inside game. We could. But man, the finance industry's outside game is real powerful, man. And it's and it's mixed in with a whole lot of other things. You know what I mean? Cuz you know, they 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 power the, you know, military. They power the tech companies. You know what I mean? Like the finance industry has fucking got its fucking little money grubbing fingers in every fucking industry. And so it's real hard to to try to fight them because they you can't talk against the finance industry because then they'll mobilize you know the tech industry against you, and then they'll mobilize the military against you. They, they'll they will mobilize whatever sector is necessary, and and you'll you see it, you see it like especially in how the finance industry is uh, operates overseas. They don't just do it to here. Look at Occupy Wall Street. The finance industry uh, mobilized smear campaigns through mass media. They operate. They they mobilized militarized police. Like this is their inside outside game. Like like we gotta identify this shit. We gotta see this shit. It's super important because if you don't see it, you just think all of this shit is happening just on the random. Like up, oh, that's just what happened. No, no, it's all part and parcel to the to the same fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, I I kill Carolina because every time we're talking about some regular mundane shit, I gotta be like, yo, but you know how we could affect this on a larger level though, right? <laughs> Nigga, they need to disenfranchise your ass because you'd be out there doing too much trouble. Like, goddamn, like when I'm out in the streets, I do cause too much trouble for for just powers that be. Just because shit don't got to run this way. Like, shit doesn't have to run with maximum amount of misery. And you can still make money. It could happen. But yeah, I don't know, man. One of these days, I'm going to get back out to it. I got to. Got to, got to, got to. Once I, oh, yeah, when I could bring out Kendrick. Oh, man. What? I can't wait to see what good trouble I could get him into. That's going to be great. But alrighty, Yeah, let's wrap up with that. Let's go ahead and wrap up on the uh, the good trouble. Thank you for joining us, guys. We appreciate you all. You can find us on the social media. I'm on the Twitters at Kareem underscore T and at Home Heron. And I'm on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Rico underscore G Sound. And always remember, guys, time is only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Peace out. Thanks for joining us. Take it easy.